says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, for so long we've, we've read that and we thought that, you know, we can't think on the same level as God. We can't see and know exactly what God is trying to do and what he wants to do. And to a degree, that's true. God is sovereign. He's Lord. And, you know, the way that he would do it is not always the way that we would do it. Most of the time it's not. But it doesn't say in here that I can't know his thoughts. And it does not say that I cannot know his ways. In fact, I think that God is working very hard to make his ways and his thoughts known to us. And it's it's interesting that a lot of times we just miss what's going on because we're not looking, not because we can't know. And this year, you know, going into this transition, first of all, I want you to know this, that everything that was designed to kill you only made you stronger. Oh, okay, all right. Y'all might not have had as maybe a challenging year as I have, so you can sit on your cushions there a little bit, but I'm celebrating what I came through this last year because every test and every trial and every challenge that came across my life didn't take me out. I'm still here. I'm still moving forward. I'm still increasing. It only made me stronger. See, His ways are not my ways. I probably wouldn't have done it that way. I probably would have bypassed some of the things that came against my life. I probably would have gone around and said, no, thank you. But God allowed things in my life that I ended up triumphing over. And 2016 better watch out because I just came through some stuff in 2015. Am I I talking to anybody in this room today that endured some things? Those that endure to the end. Nobody's promised a cushy life. No one's promised an easy life. The trials and the tribulations are there to prove that you have what it takes to make it to the next level. Is anybody ready to go to the next level with me? And he keeps on going here. He says, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, Obviously, he's not talking about southern Georgia because we don't get snow. And they water the earth, but watch this, and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower. See, we normally think of the, the, the growing and the fruitfulness as the end. And he says, no, 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 no. That's actually just the beginning. Because when you get the fruit, it just gives you seed for the next thing, for the next level. See, you may have just crossed the finish line in 2015, 2015, but you just crossed the starting line for 2016. You thought you were done, but no, we are really just getting started. And this is the encouragement that I want to bring to you today as we transition transition. Don't get lost in transition. Know that you didn't just wrap something up. 
You just got started. Whatever brought fruit to you in 2015 is giving seed to your 2016. Come on, somebody. You just, you're just getting ready to plant some stuff. And the fruitfulness and the product that's about to come out, because you were faithful this last year. You didn't give up. You pressed on. You endured to the end. And you'll be saved. But now you've got seed to plant for the next year. He's not done with you yet. He's not done with you yet. He says, it gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Father, we thank you for your word this year. We thank you that it's your word being planted within us. The seed going deep within good soil that's going to produce the fruit of the kingdom of God in our lives. Father, we are looking forward. We are looking forward to a great year. We point back. We point back to the memorials that we have in 2015. Your faithfulness. You didn't leave us. You didn't abandon us. You didn't forsake us. And we know that we have everything it takes to move to the next level. And we give you all the glory and all the praise. I thank you for your word today that it is sown on good soil. Ears ready to hear. Eyes ready to see and receive from the word of God. And if you believe that, shout amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Chase. Thank you, Lisa, for serenading my intro. Hallelujah. Congratulations to all of you for perfect attendance in 2016. Hallelujah. This is the best way to get started, and I'm glad you're here. I know we're missing a few of our family, but we are glad that you are in the house today. I'm excited to get started uh, in what really has been a whirlwind week for me, um, just trying to process what God wanted to do today, where he wanted us to go. Um, You know, it's so important to start off on the right foot. It it keeps you from having to make up ground later. Amen. And uh, I I believe that your 2016 is going to be great because you are here with us today in the house. You chose to make uh, church a priority today. And, um, you know, how how you start something is all about priorities. So uh, it's where you get started that has a lot to do with how you finish up. And uh, we know that it's not how you start, it's how you finish. We just looked at that all last month uh, in the comeback. Um, but now we get to go back over this thing. It's, it's interesting because every 365 days we do this. You know, it, it, it takes us 365 days to realize that we're never really finishing something, that we're just rolling this thing back over. Amen? And um, so, you know, as we start, you know, nobody ever starts with the design to go backwards, right? That's never your intention. You don't get on a starting line and, and figure out how far back you need to go. You figure out how am I going to move forward? How am I going to advance? And so at the beginning of this week, this started out as one message. And uh, over the last 48 hours or so, it turned into multiple messages. And then uh, this morning, I got the culmination of today's message. We're going to Uh, enter a series uh, this month. Every Sunday, I'm going to be ministering 
on steps of moving forward. How do you move it? How do you move forward? How do you advance in the vision that God has given your life? And here we are at the beginning of something. Um, this is an exciting time. It's fresh. I mean, you're on the starting line. I mean, anything that that you didn't overcome or anything that tried to take you out last year, it's all behind you now. Amen. You don't have to revisit that stuff. You don't have to go back to that stuff except just to point to God's faithfulness and say, look what he brought me through. But here we are on the starting line. But how do we move forward? And so I want to cover this month four steps, four steps to moving forward, four steps to moving forward. And I trust that I can give you all four and, and that you won't take the rest of the month off. Um, because just by giving you the point is not going to get you moving forward. You want to hear uh, what has to be ministered. But I want to give you all four. I want to give you four steps that God's given me for moving forward. And I say four. Uh, you know, if anyone's looked at the calendar yet, there's five Sundays in January. But January 24th, I'm excited to announce that Pastor Daryl Huffman will be with us in the house on Sunday, January 24th. Amen, amen. And, uh, you know, he was here last year, and he, he missed, ministered multiple services. He's only going to be ministering this Sunday morning, so let's pack it out. Let's get everybody in here. Um, uh, Pastor Kenneth and Lynette Hagen from Tulsa, Oklahoma, will be in St. Augustine uh, that Sunday night in the beginning of that week. And Pastor Daryl's coming through, and uh, we were able to arrange that he minister here on his way down. Um, and so we're just going to be doing that Sunday morning. So I've got four services. Now, I want to tell you. Um, that this coming Wednesday begins our Anchor Faith Life classes. And, and I'm not teaching those. I'm not ministering those. We have gifts in the body that are uh, well capable and equipped and anointed to teach the Word of God. And so that begins this Wednesday. So where I'm usually getting geared up to preach about 100 times a year, I'm only going to be ministering around 50 Um so that means I'm going to be making up for it on Sunday. So we might not get out till two or three. I'm going to cram it all in. I'm just kidding. I'm not, not trying to scare you. We'll do whatever God wants to do, but I don't think we'll need to go that long. Amen? It's about being effective. It's about being effective. Time does, I, I grew up in a church where God didn't move until you were three hours in and you sing the same hymn 14 times. So, you know, I, I, I understand the process of, you're trying to conjure up something. We're just going to minister the word of God and uh, see what he wants to say. Number one, four steps to moving forward. And we're going to cover number one today, but I want to give you all four steps because I want, I want you to anticipate what's coming. Number one is expectation. Expectation. It's hard to move forward when you're not expecting anything, right? We've got to have some expectation. But our expectation puts us in a position preparation number two you got to prepare it you got to get yourself ready you got to prepare for where you're going and for what god wants to do it's dangerous to get on the racetrack if you haven't been training and preparing to run the race so we got to prepare and once we prepare then we've got to initiate so initiation action got to take place you got to work it out nothing in this life happens by accident and nothing in this year is going to happen to your life on accident. It's going to happen because you were purposeful to either do or not do something in your life. So we've got to put it in action. We've got to initiate 
what God is calling us to do. But then from there, once we uh, have initiated and put into action, we've begun working it, then comes celebration. Celebration. It's hard to progress in life if you don't take moments to celebrate the advancement that God brings in your life. Amen? And so these are the four steps that we're going to be looking at this month. Expectation, preparation, initiation, and celebration. And today we are going to journey on expectation. The greatest enemy of progress in your life is your expectation. Or I guess you could put it this way. The greatest enemy to progress in your life is the lack of expectation. Um, you've probably heard this statement before, you get what you expect. And so if you expect something, you get something. If you expect nothing, well, you get nothing. And you don't get nothing because you didn't expect anything. You were expecting nothing. You're always perpetually in expectancy of something. And, and, And we've got to be determined that we are going to be in expectation of what God wants to do. In this coming year. And so we've got to set our expectation. The Bible tells us to set your mind on things above. That means it's your responsibility. Your expectation is no one else's responsibility. It's not your parents' responsibility. You know, a lot of times we are trying to live up to other people's expectations. But that's not their responsibility. It's your responsibility. The only expectation that you are required to live up to is the one that God sets for you. Another word for expectation uh, that, that might help this drive home a little bit better is the word vision. What's the vision that God's given you? Uh, how many of you have already begun to get a vision for this year, uh, where you want to go, where your business wants to go, where, where you want to take your family or your children or, or maybe your finances or what you want to do? What, what are some things that God has already begun to set in your heart? He's beginning to plant vision in there because if he can't get the vision in you, he won't get the vision through you. If he can't get the vision in you, then he won't get the vision through you. We just saw last month that your vision ought to be much bigger than you. It ought to be much bigger than your life. A lot of the goals and a lot of the resolutions that we set around this time only involve one person, me, I. And, and Jesus had a goal and a vision for his life that was so big, he actually had to get other people to come alongside him to help him make it happen. He had to get 12 disciples to come alongside him. Now, he was a very in, integral part of that, obviously. He had to go to the cross, and each one of you are a valuable part of the process. But is our, does our vision die with us? Or when we die, does our vision continue to go on? I believe that's how big God wants our vision to be. That's how big he wants our expectation to be set. It's bigger than me and you. And so we're going to journey through some expectation because uh, if we aren't expecting anything this year, you won't get anything this year. I want to read this out of Isaiah chapter 55 in the New Living. And uh, I do want to let you know one of my New Year's resolutions um, is for you, not for me. And that is to get our messages back on version. How many of you remember we used to do that? And so today's 
message is on version. If you have the version Bible app on your iPhone or your iPad, you can follow right along with today's message. You've got all the verses there, all the different translations, uh, all my points are in there. And, and that sits out there for like a week. So that means you can go back online, you can pull the message up online, pull out your version, follow right back along. You can even make notes within the app and save them and, 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 and you know, uh, encourage yourself to go a little deeper this year. Uh, encourage yourself to do a little more to, to, to obtain and maintain and keep uh, that which God is speaking to you. Amen? Uh, because obviously we just saw that his word will not return void. And so uh, I want to do that as a benefit to you. You can access today's message. It's right in front of you, and, and you've got that out in front of you. All week long. Amen. Look at this in the New Living. The New Living says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So the rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread. For the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It always, always produces fruit. And it will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. Void simply means empty or without fruit, unfruitful, producing nothing. His word will not return empty. His word will produce fruit in our lives. So we notice that it's the power of the word that always fulfills the promise of the word. It's the power of the word that always fulfills the promise of the word. That's why he doesn't need you to help him fulfill his promise. See, Abraham tried that. Abraham got a promise from God, and he said, okay, okay, God, I'm 75 years old. Uh, I can't have kids, never been able to have kids. My wife is barren, Uh, plus I'm too old to have kids. Uh, So, you know, maybe I can help you out here a little bit. Uh, I've got a a maidservant. Maybe I can have a child with her. And so, you know, he tried to help out God, but God came in and said, whoa, 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 my ways are higher. My word will always produce fruit. My word, when I send it out. Now, what does the word initially do? The word sets an expectation. The word sets the expectation. That's what the word does. But here's the exciting part. You and I see, or let me put it this way. Us and God see expectation differently. We see expectation differently differently than God because when we see expectation we imagine what could happen when God sees expectation he imagines he imagines what will happen let me say that again when we see expectation we imagine what could happen we get the idea of a possibility but when God sets an expectation He sees it the only way it can happen. 
He says, my ways are higher than your ways. You see what may, but I see what will. Because the second I sent my word, it's finished. His word does the work. His word finishes what it started. Are y'all following me today? That the word is complete at the beginning. The Bible tells us that God knows the end from the beginning. And I used to translate that as, you know, he knows the difference. Like, good for you. You know when something's being started. And you know when something's being completed. But it actually means that he knows the end from the beginning. Like, before he starts, he already knows how it's going to finish. He already knows the completion before he even begins. Come on. So he already knows where it's going to end up. He already knows the product in spite of the process. He knows the product in spite of the process. He knows how it will end up. But see, here's what you and I do, and this is what we're going to look at today in John chapter 11, is that we only see a possibility. And as long as things go our way, it'll end up our way. But we see many life-altering and plan-altering things in our lives that we think adjust the end. Uh, If you know how an equation works, um, you've got to have the right things to add up to get the right product. Right? The product is the answer to the equation. So if you have uh, X plus Y equals Z, you've got to have the right X and you've got to have the right Y to get the right Z. If you've got X equals 2 and Z equals 4, we know what goes in between there. It's 2. 2 plus 2, we've got to have the right... But if we don't get the right why, we think we end up with a different product. But what I want to show you today is that we've been allowing the wrong thing to determine our expectation. The expectation isn't the process. The expectation is the product. What I mean by that is, is your expectation is how it's going to end up regardless of what happens in between. But most of us only have an expectation as long as we see the right process. John chapter 1, verse 1. God operates this way. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was Was God. You know what you and I usually do? We usually wait until something happens to determine what we say. God says what, God speaks first to determine what happens. The word came first in the beginning. Not at the conclusion. Not after we see something. You're believing God for a different financial situation. And we we wait until we start seeing things coming and just say, wow, God's awesome. And look at at all this blessing. 
Well, I just can't seem to contain. Man, God is just really blessing me. No, he was blessing you before you saw it because the word was sent and the word doesn't return void. Or you, you might get excited and you might get your expectation up until tragedy happens. Uh, uh, until a trial shows up. Until something uh, shows up to alter your expectation. See, God had an expectation. Genesis chapter 1. Expectation is, is the end. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. He said, in, uh, uh, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Now, we just saw that God's word will not return void. He spoke and he said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. But two, two, two chapters later, something shows up to alter the expectation. Now, you and I, when something shows up to alter our expectation, we get all disgruntled and we get distraught and, 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 and we end up changing plans altogether. And, and, and religion tells you that God changed his mind. Religion will tell you that Jesus came to this earth and died on a cross so you could get to heaven. That's what religion will tell you. But that's not what your Bible tells you. That's not what your Bible, that's not what Jesus tells you. Jesus set an expectation. He said, repent. Why? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand, within your reach, within your grasp. It's near you. He said, it's not around, it's within you. I'm not waiting for you to get here. I'm waiting for you to bring heaven there. So God never walked away from Genesis 1.26. He said, how can I make my expectation happen? And so even though something showed up that altered his Wait a minute, man's no longer in dominion. They just handed over their dominion to a snake. They just handed over their God-given authority to a serpent that tricked them. He said, that's all right. That's just part of my equation. That doesn't alter my experience. It doesn't alter my expectation. See, this is what God is wanting to teach us this year. Your expectation for this year, let me tell you what you can expect. You can expect obstacles. You can expect opposition. And you can expect limitation. But those things don't dictate the product. The process doesn't dictate the product. In fact, we're going to find out today that it's all just a part of the process. Go to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. See, this is why we quit in February. Because it doesn't take more than 30 days for our expectation to become altered. Right? It doesn't take us very long. And, and the time's actually getting even shorter. And, and, you know, just in our society and the way that we're trained and ingrained and we want everything so quick, we want to pop things in the microwave, we want to pop our bank account in the microwave and poof, it's in the black again. And we want to pop our family in the microwave and poof, we all love each other and get along. We want to put our job in the microwave and boom, there's the promotion you've been believing for and everybody loves you and your boss just all of a sudden thinks you're the best thing since sliced bread. And so it doesn't, it doesn't take us very long before our expectation is altered. John chapter 11, verse 1. 
Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. You know, love is on trial today. Love in the world today looks nothing like what God wants it to look like. And I'll tell you why the enemy is so hard-pressed to define, or let me to say this, to redefine love. Because God is love. So if you redefine love, you redefine God. If I change my picture of love, then I change my picture of who God is. If love accepts that, then God accepts that. If love believes that, then God believes that. But there's only one definition. It's God himself. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't hold uh, offenses and grudges. Love believes the best even when it sees the worst. Love perfects. Amen. So, Jesus' picture of love might look a little different here. And it says, when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. This sickness is not unto death. Look at your neighbor saying, it's not unto death. It's not unto death. It's not unto death. Now, now, when I read that, I always thought it meant this. Lazarus will not die. I mean, that, that's the translation I got. That's the uh, new revised Mark Brady uh, translation version. But he doesn't say that. He says, this sickness is not unto death. The New Living Translation actually puts it this way. Uh, this sickness will not end in death. Oh, but there's the problem. There's the problem. Because you and I believe that death is the end. We believe that if it has died, it's done. If it dies, it's over. See, God had to deal with this because he said, do not eat of the fruit, the tree in the midst of the garden, lest you die. And man died. But God said, it ain't over. Even though it dies, it will not end. Oh, there's the first change you've got to make this year because you might watch some things die. Uh, you might even give birth to some things that die. But I want to encourage you today that death is not the end. See, we see death as the end, the product. But Jesus sees death as the process. I wonder what might have to die this year so that we can see his glory. He said this sickness is not unto death, but for the Glory of God. Oh, yeah, because if I show up, it won't be for the glory of God. It'd be for the glory of man. Well, the doctors did it. He was cured. He took some medicine. But no, no, this sickness is not unto death, but it is for the glory of God. It will not end 
at death. So let's keep going. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he ran home as quickly as possible, got his bags packed, and headed to Bethany. No, it says Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, and he loved them so much that he stayed two more days where he was. What is wrong with this picture? What is wrong when we're believing God for something and he holds out a little bit longer? God, I thought you loved me. God, I thought you cared about me. God, I thought you had my best interest. You said that you know the thoughts and the plans that you have. Where are you? Oh, I'm hanging out because this is going to be for the glory of God. He's hanging out. He stayed two more days. And then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, but he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Now that sounds easy. I mean, I could wake somebody up that's sleeping. I have to do it to my son almost every day. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Why? Because my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And my ways are higher than your ways. And then verse 14. Then Jesus said to them plainly. Like he's not hiding anything. He's not trying to beat around the bush here. Uh, He's just coming right out. And he says, Lazarus is dead. Now imagine his disciples. First of all, first of all, we gave you plenty of time, bro. I mean, you could have been there that night. And you decided to hang around here two more days. On top of that, two days later, you go, he's just sleeping, and I'm going to go wake him up. He's just taking a nap. And the Bible tells us that's what his disciples thought. He's just taking a nap. Now you want to show up and you want to you, you, you recount your statement and you want to say, actually, hold on. New census. He's dead. He's gone. We've lost him. I mean, think about the confusion that is going on. What was the expectation of Mary and Martha? If we get to Jesus in time, he can make it here and heal him. I mean, why call Jesus? Unless you need him. And we believe, we believe, our expectation, what I believe is going to take place, is that I'm going to go out here, I'm going to get Jesus. It's going to take him about a day to get to us. And by the time he gets here, Lazarus will be healed. He's going to pray. I mean, you could have even done one of those little magic tricks like you did with the Roman centurion and say, hey, I'll just speak the word in your servant. And by the time we get back, they're healed. And man, I mean, they're sitting up waiting for you. And there's so many other options, right? I mean, there are so many times we get in trouble, we get in trials, we get in situations, and we think we know how God's going to do it. Like, we've already got a predisposed plan. We've got we already got our agenda set. All right, God, now here's what I need. I need $1,000, okay? So here's what you're going to do. You're going uh, to... 
talked to that person that uh, you know has a lot of money and they've, they've blessed us before, and, and you're gonna you're gonna speak to them in a dream. You're gonna wake them up in a dream, and you're gonna tell them, uh, I so and so needs one thousand dollars. And then they're gonna wake up and they're gonna be, God, thank you so much for moving on me. I've just been waiting to bless somebody, and, and they're gonna write the check and they're gonna put it in the mail, and then it's gonna show up two days earlier than it should because you're God and you can make the mail work faster. Because I need it. I need it tomorrow. And, and it's just going to magically appear. Uh, in. And, 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 man, I'll give you all the glory. I'm going to give you all the praise, man. It's going to be to your glory. Right? We pull a Mary and Martha. I expect it as long as it happens my way. But his ways are higher than our ways, which means he might have a different way but a different way doesn't mean a different conclusion. You can have a different way and get to the same conclusion. So he says, Lazarus is dead. Oh, and it gets better. And I'm glad for your sakes. I mean, he's just rubbing it in, man. I mean, it's like you don't show up to a relative. Man, I'm glad I wasn't here for that. And I'm glad. For your sakes that I was not there. Why? That you may believe. That you may believe. I wonder what God is trying to get you to believe this year. And maybe you've, be, you've grown accustomed to how God moves and operates in your life. And maybe he doesn't just want you to get the answer. Maybe he wants you to believe him for something. What does that mean when we believe? Believe in something we can't see. There's a word for that. I think it's called faith. Faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us now faith is the substance. Everyone say substance. And here's the part that we've missed because we, we love the faith part and we talk about faith. But it says that faith is the substance of things hoped. I don't know how many of you have ever defined hope, but hope means a confident expectation. Let me tell you something, guys. If we're not hoping, your faith is unemployed. If you have no expectation, your faith can't attach to anything. See, we talk about faith, and we preach on faith, and we love, you know, Mark eleven twenty three. speak to this mountain, and it will be removed and cast into, and, and, and we're faith people. But we hope for nothing. We have faith without expectation. Or our expectation is limited, therefore our faith is limited. He says, I want you to believe. Well, they did believe. They believed that Jesus could show up and heal. But there was a step further that God was wanting to take them. I wonder if there's a step further. I think if uh, I, I think God might be wanting us to go a little deeper this year. Now, you believed him last year. But you know that if you make the same investment, you get the same result. The one with five got ten, and the one with two got four. Why? Because they made an investment based upon what they had. But what happens if you invest a little more? You get a little more. You'll reap a different harvest if you'll plant a different seed. 
Maybe he was trying to get them. See, he's six months away from going to the cross. We've seen Jesus, the miracle worker. We've seen Jesus, the healers, cast out demons. He's walked on water. He's turned water into wine. We've seen him heal people. But he wants you to know that someone can be dead for a period of time and come back to life. Because I need you to believe. Because in six months, I'm going to be there. And I need you to believe that I'm coming back. See, he's, he's, maybe what God is doing in you this year is more than just enlarging your bank account or getting you that promotion. Maybe he's trying to get you to believe in something. Maybe he's foreshadowing something in your life. Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to the fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Boy, they, they sure knew how to speak some faith, man. You get on down to verse 20. It says, now Martha... As soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, watch this, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. What's that called? Expectation. Here's what I was expecting, Jesus. Let me tell you where I was coming from. I, was, I believed, I expected you to leave when I came and got you. I expected you to travel here. I expected you to pray over Lazarus while he was still alive. And had you done those steps the way that I expected you to do it, I would have gotten my result. What did she do? She allowed her experience to dictate her expectation. As long as I experience it the way I believe it, then I'll expect it. But what happens when the experience doesn't line up with your expectation? What happens when what you're believing for is altered by what happens in between? What happens when my experience Changes my expectation. See, if your expectation this year is defined and dictated by how you think it's going to roll out and play out, we're limited. Because God doesn't just want you to have faith this year. He wants you to have an expectation. Now remember, expectation isn't the process. Expectation is the product. God, however you want to do it this year, I still believe I'm going to get the outcome and the vision you spoke to me because I know that your word does not return void. And I know that your thoughts are higher than my thoughts and your ways are higher. You may do it a different way, God, but I know that in the name of Jesus, I am going to receive the product despite the process. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. 
And again, she revealed her limited train of thought. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She ain't thinking today. She's thinking the last day. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I know resurrection's coming. I've heard you talk that mess before. I've heard all this, you know, three days, the temple will be destroyed, but I'll rebuild. I, I, I've heard all that, but, but right now let me just grieve for my dead brother. And he says to her in verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. See, Martha saw resurrection as a day. And Jesus said, no, resurrection is a person. You saw resurrection as an event. But resurrection is me. And in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, the Word, is the power to resurrect what died. Know that whatever may die this year, Jesus has the power by His Word to resurrect even that that dies because His Word will not return void, empty, without fruit, unproductive, unfruitful. But it will accomplish, it will do, it will resurrect, bring life back to that which died. If he gave you the word on it, that's all you need. You don't need your situation to go a certain way. You don't need your experience to line up. Because God knows how to make every process become progress so you can see the product. See, with Jesus, it's always progress. Lazarus dying looks like we're taking a step backward. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. This is a step forward because I need you to believe that I have resurrection power. I am the resurrection, and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live again. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. That's not what he said. (laughs) That's not what he said. He said, do you believe that I am the resurrection? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's almost like she's just giving him a good answer to kind of blow him off. Like, yes, get off, just get off my case right now, man. I, yeah, I believe that. But that's not what he said. Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? You skip on down to verse 38. It says, then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave. And a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Take away the stone. This year, you're going to have to take away some stones. You're going to have to roll away some things that might reveal some stuff that stinks. Yeah? 
is inside the tomb. And behind that stone is a body that's been dead four days. I wonder what God is asking you to remove the stone off of that he's been trying to call out in your life. I wonder what kind of miracles he's been trying to produce that you've kept the stone on top of. And this is the year. Yeah, it it may stink. Yeah, it may not look too pretty. But he wants to bring it out and make a miracle out of it. Amen? That's this year. That's 2016. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. How many times does he use that word believe? Already. Believe. 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 If you would believe, you'll see the glory. If you would believe. He wants you to believe this year. He doesn't want you to believe in yourself. And he doesn't want you to believe in your idea of what God's going to do. He wants you to believe in his way that he wants to accomplish his work in your life. And that's the difference this year, is your expectation isn't going to be tied to, as long as I get that job, I can do this. As long as my wife does this, uh, our marriage can be this. As long as my kids do this, we'll have a great family. As long as this happens, as long as I get that, as long as I buy that. No, God has a way that's higher than your way. And your expectation is in the product, not the process. You give the process to him, and he will reap the product. That you believe for. They took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this. But because of the people who are standing by, I wonder who's watching your miracle unfold this year. That maybe it was never about you in the first place. He's not even raising up Lazarus for Lazarus. Yeah, I love him. But I'm thinking about everybody that's standing around me right now. Because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe. Mary needs to believe. Martha needs to believe. Those 12 disciples that I called, they need to believe. The people that are standing by need to believe. Why is that so important? Why? Why is it so important that Mary and Martha and Thomas and Matthew and Thaddeus, Bartholomew, Peter, John, why is it so important that they believe? Because a few more chapters later in John chapter 14 in his final moments with his disciples, he says, and you will do even greater works. These works will you do, and even greater works. To who? To 
to he who believes. What's the qualifier? You got to believe. I need my disciples. I need these people standing around me to believe. Not that I'm just Jesus, the son of God who came into the world, like Martha said, but that I'm Jesus, the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection. I am coming back. And if you'll believe that, these works that I'm doing and even greater works, what's he saying? I need you to finish what I'm starting. I need you to complete the process so we can get the product. See, Jesus sees this as an opportunity to stir belief within somebody. Sorry I had to use your brother. Sorry he had to die. Sorry I had to play just kidding with you. But, see... The picture was much bigger than just healing Lazarus and, and, and Mary and Martha being excited. And we got Lazarus back and, you know, he's feeling better and he's, you know, he's not laying around, you know, just ready to die. I, I, I need people to believe. I need them to expect. Is your ex- expectation this year tied to your experience? Or are you going to allow your expectation to stand in the midst of your experience? And see, here's the thing, guys. Martha, Mary, the disciples, they almost missed out. When the very miracle they were believing for was right in front of them the whole time. We don't miss out on God because he's not moving. We miss out on God because we're just not looking. Expectation. You know, when a mother is expecting, they talk about that baby as if it's already here. They name it. They talk to it. They buy things for it. Can people tell you're expecting something? Is it? Are you showing yet? Huh? Are we showing? Is this going to be the year that we show? Yeah, I'm expecting. And people look at us and they say, man, you're, you're crazy. No, no, you just wait. I'm going to start showing. Uh, I'm going to start attaching some stuff. You're, gonna about, to, you're about to see my faith. Uh, and, and not just because I talk about it, you're going to see me do something that's going to make that happen. Uh, I'm expecting and I'm showing and I'll show it off. I'll name it. I'll buy stuff for it. I've already got colors picked out. I've already got clothes hanging in the, I've already got a room full of diapers. I've already got all the furniture. Everybody's excited with me. You're throwing me showers because you're excited that I'm expecting. Come on. Are you expecting this year? And can people tell you're expecting something? Time to begin showing. This is the year. People are going to look at you and say, oh, you're expecting something. You just smile all the time. Yeah, I might, 
and I might have to go through some pain. It, it might take a while. There might be some endurance that is involved. I might have to carry this thing for a little bit, but eventually I'm going to give birth to it, and that thing that I've been expecting, I'll receive. I'll receive the product in spite of the process. I'll receive the product in spite of the process. And so you've got to understand with God, Death wasn't the end. It was just part of the plan. It was part of his plan the whole time. Death was always in the equation. Death was always his why. But he knew he was always going to give Jesus. And the exciting part is apparently Jesus read Isaiah chapter 55. Verse 11, apparently Jesus knew that portion, that my word will not return void. Because he goes, you go back to the beginning. Everyone say, go back to the beginning. Go back to the beginning. You're going to have to come back to January, guys. You're going to have to come back to this day. You're going to have to come back to this world, uh, to this word. You're going to have to go online and hear this again. Why? Because in July, you're going to need to see your expectation. Uh, in, in, in November, you're going to need to see your expectation. Because he could go back to 11 verse 4, and Jesus said this. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. What did he do? He sent his word. See, Jesus knew he wasn't going to be able to find anybody to agree with him when he got there. So he said, fine, I'll send my word and I'll just agree with myself. I'll just send my word ahead of me. So when I get there, because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the word be confirmed. I'll just go ahead and speak it now. And then when I get there, I'll just hook up with my word that I already sent because my word will accomplish that which I send it to do. The very purpose. Oh, it won't return to me void. Yeah, that person might return to me void and they may disagree and they might not like my idea and they may not get along with it. But I've already sent God's word. And see, God is sending his word ahead of your 2016. He's already sent his word into July when that trial shows up. He's already sent his word into November when that person uh, comes against you. He's already sent his word uh, 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 down range and in to further into the year. And now you'll just be able to go back to January and say, no, 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 no. He sent the word. And it will, it will, it will perform that which I send it to do. Because the power of the word can fulfill the promise. He just needs you to stay hooked up through the process. Chase, if you come up. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have a plan, a way, a thought. The very beginning, you sent your word. In the beginning was the Word. And that Word was Jesus.
And that word will accomplish what you sent it to do. Father, here we are at the beginning. Beginning of a year. Beginning of a season. The starting line. Father, you're giving us a word. And we attach our expectation to your word. Not to our experience. Father, we don't know what's going to happen in February. We don't know what's going to take place in May. We don't know where life is going to lead us in August, November. But we do know this, that your word will not return void. It will accomplish. It will perform what you send it to do. And we thank you, Father, that we believe you at your word. Regardless of what we experience, regardless of our circumstance, regardless of our situation, we believe you at your word. Your word will come to pass. Your word will perform. Your word will complete what you set it out to do. And Father, it's for your glory that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Father, they won't look at us and say, look what you did. They'll look at you and say, look what God did. Look what God did. We believe you. We believe you. We believe you at your word. We take you at your word. And we keep our expectation with your word. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let that stay with you this year. Let that stay with you. Keep our expectation. Hallelujah. We're going to take up our tithe and offering at this time. If you need an offering envelope, just raise your hand in the air. Our ushers will be quick to get one to you. We appreciate your giving. We appreciate your giving in 2015.